Hey, what's up, everybody? For your fix of fitness, health, life, and laughs, you know where it's at. That's right, it's at the podcast with your host, yours truly, Adam Pullman. In this very special episode of the podcast, I was fortunate enough to have Rachel Pastor back on the show. So Rachel Pastor is the founder of Fitness Festival Events. We talked about a lot of really good stuff. We talked about the biggest loser challenge. We discussed her sports bra challenge that she has going on right now and what self-love really looks like, especially in an age of... Um, health at any size, you know, with that movement going on. So we talked about what that really looks like, what it really means to love yourself. Uh, so we discussed that. We talked about what it looks like to burn boats behind you and just go all into something that you really need to do, what it looks like to face the fears that that um, comes with, what it feels like and what you need to do to break free from some of the fears that you may have uh, that is that are keeping you from doing the next best thing uh, in your life. So we talked about a ton of different stuff today. You guys can find more uh, on Rachel. See what she's about on Instagram. So you can find Rachel there. Her handle is rachel.pastor. And then you can find more on her events at Fitness Festival Events. And then uh, her Break Free Community is on Instagram as well. And that's under the uh, handle Break Free Community. So it's all pretty straightforward there. Again, um, Great interview, great time as always with Rachel. So enjoy it. Thanks for being here uh, and let us know what you think. If you enjoy it, spread the love, share this episode with your friends and family. Let them know that this is where they can go to get their health, fitness, and nutrition questions answered as well as hear the stories of amazing people like Rachel. All right, so go back to where go back to where we were. So break free, you were, you were mentioning how it means something different to everybody. Everybody has their own story. Everybody has their own whatever past yeah. uh you know their own uh, perspective that makes them form whatever breakthrough means to them so i want to hear about because i've listened to a few episodes i've heard you know what it's like for you know for uh for zach i've mm -hmm. heard obviously i know what it's like for myself yeah. i want to know what it's like for you the person interviewing all these people trying to figure out what breakthrough means to them yeah well it, yeah that's the coolest thing ever is because when i have people coming on the podcast i don't ask them ahead of time what break free means to them i just I want to hear, and, and every single person that's walked through that door to do podcast with me has said it in a different way, and it's mm. been really interesting because, you know, it truly depends on where you're at in life, but we are all breaking free from something or breaking free and breaking free into something at all times, at all times. We all are. Hmm. So it's like a constant ebb and flow type thing you're saying, like it constant is. changing. Okay. It is. We all are constantly changing, and so it's going to, you know, what break free was to me, you know, a couple of years ago is not what it is to me today. So break sure. free was judgment a couple of years ago and break free to me today. The interesting thing is, is it's back to something that I, I feel like I had already broke free from, but, uh, I, I'm at a place in my life and we'll probably get to this later. I, I'm going to be heading through a huge change in my life. And so uh, I feel like I'm breaking free of fear because I feel like I'm back in that place of a lot of fear and, and, and needing to break free and, and putting, you know, faith over fear. And I'm just every single day I find myself talking myself into like, no, Rachel, come on. That's just fear. You can do this. Let's go. And, and, and just constantly knocking at fear's door. And so I am really there. I just like, I feel that I see that in myself is like, okay, let go of the fear. Let go. Of the, you can do this. You can do this. So what's this change that you have coming and, and how, I mean, tangibly, how are you knocking at the door? Of fear? How are you breaking this thing down? Because fear is something that like envelops us without us even knowing. And then it's there. Mm -hmm. So what's that change and how are you tangibly, like, what are you doing in your day to day that is helping you break that door down? Mm-hmm. So I can't fully say what I'm doing yet, but I Fair can enough. tell tell you that uh, I am. <clears throat> I met with some clients a couple weeks ago. You're not becoming a man, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Good guess. Actually, you got it. <laughs> there it is. Okay. Oh man, so that's hilarious. <laughs> I did not expect you to say that. 
No, not right. at this time. Not <coughs> oh, time. okay. So yes. next not episode right number three. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you met. So you met with some clients. Yeah, and I asked <laughs> them. Uh, I asked them how, what their key to success is because I was really feeling disappointed about something. Okay. And these are clients. You know who they are. Yeah. Uh, they started a business with two people. Ended it with 500, sold it for hundreds of millions of dollars. Sure. And when I asked them what, uh, six, how, you know, how they got successful or what the key to success was, she immediately told me right away, Rachel, we, without a doubt, because I asked them if they ever felt like quitting. And she goes, without a doubt, Rachel, something that's very different between us and you is that we had no choice but to make it work. We had nothing else. And honestly, initially, I was a little bit offended because I was like, <laughs> oh, uh-huh. like, I don't, I, I think it just got to me because I was thinking like, you know, how how could you say that that makes it different from me or my commitment, right? But... I just let it be, and I just let her talk. And she said, truly, we never felt like giving up. And I said, you never felt like giving up in all, like, that's a, that was a huge path to walk. Right. And you never once felt like giving up. Yeah, you're calling bullshit here. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I, I truly, yeah, it was, I did. I said, I'm calling bullshit. And she goes, honestly, only one time I ever felt like quitting. And I can tell you, Jer- I can tell you, Jerry, never felt like quitting. Never once. And I said, is that true? And he said, that is true. And in that moment, I, I felt like, wow, am I ever going to be successful? Because I've felt like quitting and these people have it. So she said, you know, they, th- the only one time she felt that way, it was over a weekend. They went from 50 employees down back to two and in, in one weekend. And she said, in that moment, I thought we were done. Jerry never did. And, and I said, okay, well, I, I went over to, I went over to him. I said, what's the key to success? And he said, a lot of people, it's like, he goes, I'm going to just compare it to running a race. He goes, a lot of people along the way, they get caught up in the different things that happen along the way. Their shoe gets untied. Their hip hurts. This doesn't feel right. This, hmm. you know, all the snags. Distractions. Distractions sure. along the way. I never stopped. I never let those things stop me. I always kept my eyes on the goal, on what I was there for. And that, I believe, is the key to success, is that you have to keep your eyes on what you really showed up for on why you're there. So I took both of those things and I looked at my life and I looked at the thing that bothered me the most. Cause the thing that bothered me the most is what she said about, about not feeling like they, they about feeling like they never wanted to give up type of thing. Is that what you're talking about? Well, no, when she <coughs> said, uh, when she said, we had we have something that you oh, do not, no and that's that n- right. we had no choice. Right, right, right. She goes, you know, she was telling me, Rachel, you have this other thing, and you have your husband's income, and this fallbacks. and that. You have lots of lots of fallbacks, Rachel. Mm-hmm. So, she goes, that's different. And so I looked at the thing that bugged me the most, and I truly think that everybody should do that because if it's something that bothers you, there's a reason that it's bothering you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Self awareness, everybody. <laughs> and so i i tapped into that and i was bothered by it because she's right and it bugged me and i was like yeah i didn't want to hear that because it's true so what am i gonna do about it and knowing that it's true brings up the potential fear of oh because it's true Mm -hmm. i'm more likely to quit because i have those things Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and that's what instills the the, the fear slash 
being offended. Yeah. You're just like, oh, God, no, that's not, that's not true. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Everybody who's listening to this, I <coughs> encourage you to start looking at things that way. If somebody says something to you that you are immediately offended by or you're feeling th- those negative feelings by, instead of being just thinking it's them and you're just pissed off at them and they're just wrong, like truly look at that and why would you absolutely, why would you be upset about that? A lot of the time, because a lot of the time it's because it's true in some way, so it bugs you. Because mm-hmm. you're like, man, yeah, you know it's true. So so I looked at that, and then this is a very long story to tell you all of why. Hey, we're here all day. Let's <laughs> okay. go. He did ask me how many hours I have. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I'm looking at that, and I said, you know what, Rach? Time to burn the boat, sister. It's time. It's time. Because so you told your husband to leave. <laughs> I did. I your said, income means I nothing I can't have to your me. income anymore. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> Sorry. I just got, that's just the way I am. I have a joke when I can. You have anyway, to. I love it. Keep going. So you're burning, you're burning boats here. I'm burning boats and that's where the fear is coming from. Okay. That's oh. where the fear is coming from. But you have, you have the fear of burning, you know, while you're burning these boats and you know that you have to push through that fear fear or find a way to tackle it. Mm-hmm. How are you planning on doing that or how are you doing that now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <clears throat> the same way I coach anybody to step out of fear and overcome that is I, you got to do that daily work every single day. So really tapping into my same morning routine I do every day and then also the way that I'm writing things out and and constantly I'm I'm big on I'm just going to call it like a brain dump. Like Mm. when things are just all up inside my head of like, you know, fear, doubt, all these things. A lot of the time I need to get some of those things out of my head to be clear because they're just very, you know, it feels it feels confusing. It feels not right. It feels like it's, how are you ever going to overcome this? So what I do to brain dump is I'll take, I actually have these huge pieces of paper, but I will just start writing things out of, you know, why do I want that? What is, how is it going to benefit my life? And what is staying in this fear of staying in this place? How is that going to benefit me? So in really being able to list those things out, writing things out, and being able to look at those things and see it, it puts me in a place of drawing myself back to reality. Because the truth is, is that when you're living in fear, when you're living in that place, you know, false evidence appearing real, it's not true. You are anticipating things. You got to pull yourself back to reality. What's Mm -hmm. true right now in this moment? And that's why I'm big on writing those things out to be able to see it, pull myself back in reality. All right, Rach, you're okay. All these things that you're, you know, anticipating, those aren't real. What's real is this right here. Mm-hmm. I also think there's a very real element of taking those thoughts in your mind and by, this is going to sound woo-woo, but by writing them down, you de- you physically detach yeah. from them and you're able to put them on that paper mm-hmm. and take a step back and look at it from a bird's eye view and maybe take the emotion out of those things like yes. you said and look at it realistically yeah and say okay you know xyz is making me scared but now that i i see the situation from you know a few steps back on a piece of paper written down it seems stupid yeah versus when it's inside your head you have all of your emotions like crumbling you know bundling up with it mm-hmm. and that is just gonna you know exacerbate the issue Right, right. So writing, so writing things down has been working well for you. You mentioned like working with with your clients and the fears mm-hmm. that they have as you coach them. Is that another tool that you have them do? Is write write them down? Mm-hmm. How do you coach them through the fears that they have? Yeah. So I have them write down what are their fears, and then what what will be why do they want what they want? Because we're all fearful of something because we are trying to move towards something else. Right. Yeah. It's changed. We're all scared of change at some point. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So so looking at what are the fears, what's the truth of that? Right. So if the fear is, you know, uh, running a 5K. Mm -hmm. All right. So the fear is running a 5K. Okay. So what are your fears? 
And what is the truth of those fears? And, and when they end up writing those down, okay, I'm fearful that I won't make it to the end. I'm fearful that, you know, and then they really start to think about writing those things down of what they're fearful, fearful of. And then they take that list and they say, what's the truth of that? Well, almost nothing will be the truth of that because none of that is actually real. None of that, they don't know that any of that will happen. Right. Right. And so then what do you need to overcome those fears? So if their fear is that they're not going to finish, there's a really great way to overcome that fear. Set a plan into place. How are you going to run the 5K? Make a training plan, you know, and then and then implement it into your life, plan it into your life. Mm-hmm. When you have a plan in place, not only are you physically, mentally, spiritually, whatever the goal is, prepared, mm-hmm. but you've also gained the confidence knowing that it can be done. Because here's the thing. There is a lot of, there are tons of times where, for example, someone wants to run a 5K and their, their regimen is, I mean, truthfully, from a trainer's perspective, horrible before going into that. Mm-hmm. But they exercise. Mm-hmm. They built confidence in their body's ability to move. And that's really all you need step after step. And that's what helps them finish. Yeah. Right? right. So um, can you give me an example of one of the fears that you wrote down and how you're trying to work through that? Yeah, yeah. So one of my fears is that nobody, that it, I mean, one of my fears is that it won't be successful, that nobody will want to be a part of it. Hmm. And so the way that I'm working through that fear is creating a plan, and that's part of the brain dump. And that's where I take that fear and I'm like, okay, so if I am fearful that nobody is going to want to be a part of this or join it, fine. I need to create a plan that will make people want to be a part of it and join it. Right. <laughs> I can see why I'm fearful of that right now because I, I haven't really created a whole lot right now. So I'm like, okay, yeah, I understand why that's a fear because there's really nothing there. So I need to create something and I need to create a plan of how I'm going to get there. Mm-hmm. And that's going to help me overcome that fear, right? Right. Is sure. implementing that into place. Do you, have you figured out <clears throat> in writing down these fears and working through them, doing your brain dumps, which mm-hmm. has been the one that has shook you the most? For example, you know, you talked about when your friend said, hey, it's different because you have a choice. And mm-hmm. immediately you felt that feeling in your gut where you're like, screw you lady Mm -hmm. and then later you sat back and said oh my gosh I felt that way because it's real and that's like reality check what are the Mm -hmm. fears or a fear when you wrote it down or realized it you're like I never realized how that's been taking over my life and how real that is because of xyz which one stood out to you shook you up the most whatever give me another example because I'm a little bit so for example like um I guess another way to describe it would be like maybe a paradigm shattering moment or a moment where you you learn something about yourself because of these fears that you never really realized before. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not that profound, mm-hmm. but a, a, a point where you you know, you wrote a fear down, I'm I'm afraid of people not wanting to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. And then you went back and and tried to dig and dig and dig and you find out that your reason why is because you were little and you put parties together and nobody came. That's so sad. <laughs> Nobody came to hey. Rachel's birthday party. Hey. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like yeah. that where you realize the why and you go, wow, I didn't know that about myself. Is there, right. Has there been anything that has stood out along this process of trying to overcome these fears? Not yet, but I, I, I do know that it's not an aha moment really. It's something I've always really known about myself and in that's that it's the, it's the financial aspect. It's the financial always aspect. Always a factor. Yeah. <laughs> Very yeah, real that, one. That, that is fear. <clears throat> fear for me. And I always pull back to, you know, there's been a time in my life. I think a lot of people are fear of financial. It doesn't matter what your background has really looked like. For me, I know my point is, is that I remember being homeless. I remember what it's like to not have anything. I remember what that feels like. And I've always done everything to make sure that, that I don't feel that way again. And that I'm not in that place and, and jumping off this cliff puts me in that spot of it's purely I'm all on my own and literally no other crutches like holding me in that financial Mm. 
like I feel like there's no safety. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah, and that's scary. Yeah, it is scary. Like me and my husband sat down and we went through. Does anybody know how expensive it is to live in Fort Collins, Colorado? <laughs> Out of control. <laughs> Stupid. Stupid. It really It's got to be one of the most, I mean, maybe top 10 markets. I don't know. It I don't know, it but it's nuts. To be. Yeah. We looked at that. We looked at our budget like bare minimum when we were like, Garrett, he looked at me. He's like, seriously, we need that much money just to literally bare minimum live in this town. And yep. I was like, how do people do this? If that's not a kick in the ass, then I don't know what is. <laughs> yeah, truly. Yeah. And we haven't really necessarily been in that place. We live on a, you know, we of course we have a budget or whatever, but we haven't really been in that place. And now we're like really looking at that because you got to be, you know, I just want to make sure. But you have to cover all your bases. Yeah, you do. You, you do. can't just wing it. I mean, you could, but you're risking a lot. Talk about creating have, a lot more fear. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're creating a lot more fear. You also have, you know, you're also in a stage of life where you have other human beings to consider. Mm-hmm. Right. You have your husband, right. you have your kid. It's not it's not a single person that's just trying to venture out and quit their accounting job and start something that's never been done before. Right. You know, which has its own challenges, sure. But you have other human lives and, and mouths yeah. and other people to think about, not just yourself. So there's all that extra weight. You have to cover all your bases. Oh, absolutely. And, and creating that. the budget and being able to see the bare minimum is is a great way of overcoming fear because when you're able to see that, you know, okay, without a doubt, we know that we need to do this. When you don't have that in place, you are going to go to bed and maybe never sleep because you're constantly going to be thinking, like, I don't even know how much money I need to actually, like. Yeah, what if, what if, what, what if, if. What uh, if, what if, what if. All, yeah. Yeah, all day long. Yeah. It's, it's, I remember uh, I did, a, I did a, f- a similar thing a couple of years ago <clears throat> where I was trying to, because the way, the way my stuff's set up right now, eventually it want, I want it to be a more of a business. But right now it's, it's a job. And it's just the reality of it. And I wanted to start putting more money into it than I was, you know, taking for myself to live. Mm-hmm. So I did the same thing. You know, what do I, what do I need to have to just get by, you know, mm-hmm. beans and rice, rice and beans, still maintain my health, um, get plenty of sleep, have a, a, a roof to live under. What do I need to do? And ended up realizing like, okay, this is, I, I'm going to need more than what I expected, but there's this, this, this I can do. For example, I started door dashing extra. Okay. Picked up extra. It, it brings the, the reality, like you said, of mm-hmm. it's an, a literal amount of dollars mm-hmm. that you need to spend time making yes. to make sure your ass is covered. Right. But it's not the doing it that's the issue. It's it's the not doing it and having fear of not knowing that's the issue. Once you realize, oh, I just need to pick up an extra job. Mm-hmm. Sure. You obviously want to sit on the couch and watch Netflix, obviously. But when you pick up the extra job <laughs> and you know that that's covering your bases, that's yeah. going to lead you to that next step of success, it's cakewalk. It's much easier yeah. than just, you know, doing the same thing you've always done and hoping that when you get your paycheck in or the next time you decide to do your budget, everything is going to work out. Right. Interesting. So I want to kind of go take a few steps back mm-hmm. to what, when, when you were talking about how you apply the same thing to coaching your clients. Mm-hmm. Walk me through like – I, I know as a trainer, this is kind of hard to do so unless you're very speci- uh, specific, but walk me through what your average ki- client looks like before they start working with you, their, you know, their lifestyle, how much weight they usually need to lose, where they're coming from. And then as we go through that, I kind of want to talk about what you have them do um, to start leading healthier lives. Mm-hmm. Well, as far as an average, average client, I, I would say that it's minimum 30 plus pounds okay age wise what are we talking about is there a, is there a range oh typically 35 and older 35 and older mm-hmm. okay what's what's i mean what would be the oldest if you were to average them all out mm-hmm. 55 60 60 60 okay mm-hmm. yep okay. so 35 to 60 mostly female okay minimum 30 to 50 to hundreds of pounds. Right. That's that's hard because I do have clients all over the place with that. Okay. But it's not typically less than 30 pounds, I will say that. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So let's just, I mean, let's meet someone in the middle. Let's just say 50. Okay. You know, if you're dealing with someone, what are, what are the issues that you're seeing or the lifestyle habits that you're seeing that have made their, you know, their, their health poor or their life this way? And, and how do you begin to rework those things? Hmm. Oh, that's easy. Uh, they have no integrity for themselves. So it's, it's the same, it's the same 
over and over and over again. Every single time I talk to them when we do that first intake call, it is without a doubt the same story in that they don't have integrity for themselves. It's not that they don't have integrity in general. They don't have it for themselves. I have people who are extremely successful career-wise, great with their families, best moms ever. But when it comes to themselves, they never show up for themselves. No self-respect. Well, that's another that's a hard way to say it, but yeah. I mean, if you yeah. look at actions that yeah. you're implementing in your yeah. life, you don't yeah. value yourself enough to. Yeah, it's true. <clears throat> okay. And and initially when I tell them that, it always stings. It's the same thing same as, like yeah. when she told me. <laughs> Absolutely. Stings. Yeah. Yeah. Because they probably they hear that and they go, she's right. They yeah. might not realize it at yeah, first. Yeah, for but sure. They and and also because I always explain it in that. All right, because I know what they do for a living. Yeah. And I know, you know, if they're a mom or whatever, you know, and in your career, you know, you've done X, Y, and Z. You show up for your job. You, every every time they ask you to do something, you've done it. That's how you've made it to where you are. Mm-hmm. You know, and I talk to them about that and they're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And as a mom, you know, your kids need you. They ask you for this, that, this, you know, you always show up for them for that. And I said, and then you... You go to, you make yourself a promise. You go to bed that night. You say, tomorrow when I wake up, I'm going to do this for myself. Mm-hmm. You wake up that next morning and it's broken promise after broken promise after broken promise. That is where I'm talking about. You don't have integrity for yourself. Anything else in life, you show up. Yourself, no. That's so why you're 30 to 50. That's why you're 50 pounds plus. That's heavy. right. Right. That's why. You are where you are. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> specifically with with uh, the integrity, valuing yourself, how do you begin to – because I deal with this too as a coach. And, mm-hmm. and people are going to say, well, my, my kids need me. Well, mm-hmm. my, I have to work late. They have all of these um, – I'm not sure how to describe them. But they have all of these false realities, these false expectations, these promises that they've made to themselves that aren't actually real – um, but that's where they find their value because they're needed. How do you begin to explain and have them rework? Like, I am important. I need this time from myself and for myself and other things can wait. How do you begin having them implement that in their lives? Because it's, it's a huge shift. Mm-hmm. It's a huge shift for a, for, a, for a mother to say their laundry, whatever it is, can wait. I'm going to do a 30-minute workout. Mm-hmm. How do you begin to do that? Mm-hmm. Promises and just one promise at a time. Okay. So we take, it's power promise stacking. So we take one promise and it's truly not a gigantic promise, which is the number one thing. Most people, when they start something, they think, you know, I'm going to change my nutrition, start working out seven days a week, do all these things. Well, they haven't been doing any of that before. Mm. And so the likelihood that they're going to stick to that 80% most likely they won't. Every time you add more than one promise, you take down the percentage of how much you'll actually stick to that. Mm. The power promise is all about building integrity. So purely. So if your promise is to, to drink your water every single day, and that's a certain amount of goal planned water, Mm. you do that no matter what. You literally will not go to bed that night. If you have half a gallon, if you're drinking a gallon of water, you have half half a gallon left. You will be drinking that half a gallon you have left before you go go to bed, no matter what. Even if you're going to be up all night peeing, and trust me, you will, and it'll suck. But you're going to get it done. It could be five burpees. It could be, it, it doesn't matter what it is, but you have to keep it every single day. And what ends up happening is that when you keep a promise to yourself day after day after day, you start to build that integrity. It's a habit. Right. It's what I'm talking about is a habit. It's, it, some people may not, re, you know, understand that those two go hand in hand, that you keep having integrity for something, you showing up for something, it's a habit. Everything's a habit. So that's, that's what you're doing. Right. Okay. Um, what I, I'm going to take a, a guess here. I would imagine most of these people, are they people pleasers or no? 
Not not all of them. Okay. Not all of them. Okay. Uh-uh. All right. I just figured that maybe that's where some of that stems from. They're trying to please everybody, work. Yeah. Whatever. Kids, husband, wife, and then they forget. Well, they try to figure it about themselves. I would say if you're doing, uh, you know, if you did a poll between a lot of the people that I coach, I would say a lot are probably nurses, mm. stay-at-home moms. You know, they a lot of them fit in that that area of that they're in caring for other people. Yeah. I have multiple moms who have uh, kids at home who, well, they're not even kids. They're adult uh, handicapped. Right. You know, they, but they've been taking care of them their whole entire lives. Mm-hmm. They're caretakers. Yeah. So. Interesting. Um, one thing that I found interesting that you said uh, about the promises and priority. Uh, my father-in-law, one of the first <clears throat> first few times we had met we were talking he said uh one of the biggest differences between your generation and my it was a classic like your generation you know (laughs) but uh this one this one actually resonated he was like one of the big differences between my generation and your generation is that you have priorities and we have a priority and i was like damn (laughs) like wow it's so true we we say okay these are my top 10 priorities. Yeah. And when like you think about that concept, you're like, that's the stupidest thing I have ever heard. Right. You know, maybe top three, maybe yeah. top two seems right. a little bit more realistic. But we have all of these lists of like, oh, these are the most important. No, no, no. What is the most important thing? And uh, that's why I try to like illustrate to my clients is that eventually your yourself, like you yourself as a person is going to have it, ne- you, it needs to climb up on that list mm-hmm. or else it's never going to get the attention that it needs. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, with the talk of habits and, and lifestyle, because changing changing uh, your body composition, losing weight, reaching a fitness goal, when you come down to it, it's fundamentally changing the way you live your life, mm-hmm. which is extremely challenging, right? Right, right? So what are what are some of the challenges that people that that people tend to face when they're working with you as far as hiccups and they're trying to change the way that they live? What is hard for them to Break free. See what I did there? Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> See, we're all breaking free. Right. That's right. What What is what is difficult for, the, for them to break free from and finally change? I would say a huge one is the all or nothing attitude. Oh, my gosh. That is so true. I didn't even think about that, but you're right. Yeah. That is what it is. That's a biggie, and a lot of people don't realize that, that is, that's where they're walking and it's easy for me to see that that's where they're walking because if they don't eat everything right for the day, let's say they fall off track at lunch. Boom. Done. Everything's ruined. I'm done. Right. Right. I can't do this. This right. is, I'll, I'll start again tomorrow. Right. When no, you should have just gotten right back on track at the next meal. It's, it wasn't all or nothing. Mm-hmm. Or you have the, the. <clears throat> Uh, what's the what's the term they use for it? Weekend warriors, maybe. But you have Monday through mm-hmm. Friday. Oh yeah, dialed. Uh huh. Happy hour Friday comes. It's four thousand calories a day. Right. Where right. do you where do you think? Because we don't really have. I mean, we do a little bit in our lives where that kind of rolls over. But I feel like it applies a lot to fitness and nutrition. Do you have any hunch as to where that could have come from? Because my like my best guess, I feel like you know a lot of the marketing that we get fed to us in the health and fitness space about nutrition working out is that you know if you want to look like a bodybuilder you got to eat live sleep train like a bodybuilder if you want to get a six-pack you got to eat live sleep like you got a six-pack it's a bunch of motivation go to the gym we'll work our balls you know balls to the wall every single time no days off i think that's part of it do you have any idea where that could have come from I think part of it is in personality. I think there's a certain personality. Maybe it's that if if you're on the Enneagram, maybe it's that one, that perfectionist mm. type A. Right. You know, you really feel like everything has to be perfect. And if it's not, then it's not good at all. Sure. I think that's part of it. Yeah, that but makes I sense. But I definitely believe that what you just said has something to do with it. The way that it we're raised, the, the things that we're told. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. It's it's like so many things right. that we're told. You know, a lot of people really feel, even to this day, but it's just the way that they, they grew, what they grew up hearing is that, you know, everything revolves around the scale. Right. If the scale doesn't read this, then I'm not being successful at all. Right. 
They weigh themselves every single day. Everything is revolves around that, even to the point of there's no way to lose weight unless you're eating a thousand calories or less a day. I mean, that's all just stuff that we were taught. It's not, you know. And you know what? Now that you mention it, I know it has to be true on some level, because when I first I started, I started taking on clients uh, when I like late into 19 and when I was 20. Mm -hmm. And back then. I remember I would have people come to me for an initial, you know, consult, whatever. We're just figuring out, you know, their lifestyle, where they're at. And they would go, well, you know, I, you know, they're whatever, 30s, like you said. And, um, you know, well, you know, I, I walk 30 minutes a day. And I, in my head, I would just go, well, no shit, you're not losing weight. I would scoff at people walking. Right. And now, like, we realize oh how important, like, neat is just getting in steps, moving. Right. Like, how important that is. Right. That probably came from, oh, if you want to get in shape, you got to bust your ass off all right. the time, every single day. Yeah. Uh, if I trained you when I was that age, I'm so freaking sorry. <laughs> Come back. I'm a lot better now. <laughs> that, I think every trainer has been there before. Oh, for sure. Because a lot of us got into this because we like going balls to the wall and we, you know, yeah. we believe in, we, we enjoy that. We enjoy the high of it. You know, we think. I think that that I think every trainer's probably at one point at least. If been there. if you can't look back and realize that you sucked, oh, you're, you're not getting better. No, <laughs> you're probably no. not. If you thought you were that just as good so true. five years ago as you are now, you might yeah. want to reevaluate what yeah. you're doing. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying. Uh-huh. Um, one thing you touched on was identifying value and progress with what the scale says, how much I weigh. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is a good transition into the sports bra challenge that you've been mm-hmm. uh, doing. And if I'm not mistaken, this is the second time you yeah. brought it back. So walk yeah. me through how it started. Yeah. And uh, yeah, tell me, tell me more about that. So the sports bra challenge is all about, obviously if it's, you know, it, I started it with women this year. I tried, I tried more to bring men into it, but hey, I did it. Yeah, well, you did a tied with up a sports bra. <laughs> <laughs> that part I tried to bring in the shirts off. You know, I, I guess I couldn't. Get, do you even have a shirt off picture? No, I don't I, think you're that that trainer on Instagram. No, I try. You? The reason the reason I don't is because the shallow part of it is actually very low. The real the big reason is that I I don't want to be expected to maintain a ripped unbelievably shredded physique all the mm-hmm. time because people usually don't understand how unrealistic that is and how mm-hmm. actually unhealthy that is. Right. And so the problem is once you make that your identity, you're expected to stay that way. And yeah. if you're at 10% body fat and you know, you get to God forbid 18 at one point, people are going to think, Oh, he must not care about his health. It's a whole thing. But yeah. Yeah, that's why I don't do it. Whoa. I'm so glad I asked you that because I didn't know, uh, really, I, you know, I look at people's different things and everybody has kind of like their own, I don't know what to call it. I don't know. Uh, Sex appeal. No. (laughs) (laughs) That is too funny. No, like their own, it's your brand, but the way you you represent yourself, right? Mm -hmm. There is a lot of male and female trainers on Instagram. No, you know, whatever. If that's you, that's fine. I'm not, I, whether you want to pose with your shirt off, not off, whatever. Right. But they display what, you know, in different ways. Right. Right. And I haven't noticed that about you. That's why I was like, I don't think I've noticed that about you. Mm -mm. Okay. So the sports bra challenge is all about helping and and creating that atmosphere of body awareness uh self-love in that all of our bodies are different and that's okay Mm -hmm. so me being a trainer the reason i really saw this as something that needed to be said is so similar to something you just said which is another reason i'm happy that i asked that because i always felt like to be a trainer and, you know, to be in the position that I'm in, I had to have a six, if not an eight pack all the time. Right. And that was the only way I could show my body. And that really, really has been hard on me over the years because I really just felt like that is not a good representation of 
how most women look and how most women are and that we shouldn't feel insecure to wear a sports bra or show up in a, in a wear a one, you know, wear a bikini compared to a one piece just because we don't have that six pack. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to bring this awareness is that like all bodies are different and that's okay. You don't have to be this, you know, this way in order to show yourself and love your body and love yourself for who you are. Mm-hmm. And love yourself and your skin. You don't have to like to be able to look in the mirror. You don't have to look this like somebody else. And, you know, you can you are beautiful just the way that you are. Right. Yeah. And there's also an element, too, of like if you I mean, even if you're a trainer or not, if you so when you're on social media, we're all trying to gain some sort of attraction somehow. That's Mm -hmm. the way the platform works. Right. If you set yourself up to where your shirtless pictures are what gets you attraction that's only going to last so long that's fleeting right you know that's why thank god like fitness influencers are like slowly starting to get exposed um but it just gets to the point where the value that the content is bringing is very minimal right because it's all so temporary and it's also very unrealistic Mm -hmm. you know but um Anyway, going to – I want to talk about the, the self-love thing and the yeah. whole – you knew I was going to bring it up. I saw it on your face. <laughs> um, about uh, the whole health at any size movement, you know. Yeah. And I, I, I would completely agree. We all have these different genetic makeups. We all have these different bodies. But I feel like at some point we took the self-love a little too far. You see this a lot too in um, – I see this a lot too in uh, my Christian community at, at, at church. A lot of the people my age – uh, it seems to be more common with women. I don't know what it is. I can't believe I bet you so many people are going to be mad that I just said that right there. Um, send your feedback to uh, support <laughs> at it doesn't exist dot com. Um, but you see, I see this a lot where it's like I'm going to take a day of, of, of self-care and I'm I watch Netflix for 10 hours straight. And a part of me is like, is that self-care or are you neglecting the commitments that you should be? doing and also are you really helping yourself if you're just binge watching netflix all day so you know what is what is i guess the question is what does self-love mean in a health at any size movement type of culture yeah well it's i i love that you brought this up and i was sure when i was running the sports bra challenge i was sure to run to put a post out there about this because i didn't want the sports bra challenge to be confused with uh, Eat some Snickers all day and shake it. Yeah, right. exactly. Right. Which that I do. I, I definitely wanted to draw a hard line. Sure. You have to. I am in. I believe without a doubt my whole heart in, into health, fitness, wellness, like and, and what that really means. And and drawing that line between where does self-love fit in that compared to where self-love is of you know, where people are creating it and, you know, it's okay to be 300 pounds and eat whatever you want and just love your body. Right. Yeah. Really, really wanted to make a difference there. So I I made this post and it was all about uh, me talking about promoting self-love and body confidence is not the same as encouraging and giving people permission to be okay with being unhealthy. So I was talking about that, and and I said, um, I said, as someone who works in the health and fitness industry, sometimes I think the lines get muddled in the message between body positivity and saying it's okay to be unhealthy, which Mm -hmm. I think is exactly what you're talking about. And the message of body positivity is bringing awareness to body image issues, lack of confidence, feeling self-hate. The sports bra shirts off challenge is bringing awareness to these issues, celebrating that all bodies are beautiful, our bodies are all different, and we are all, all perfectly imperfect, and that's okay. And it's I a million percent believe the message of body positivity and living a healthy life go hand in hand. Having self-love is a part of being healthy mentally and emotionally. When you have self-love, eating healthy and moving your body is a part of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I really, I was really worried about bringing the message of the, the sports bra challenge, especially more than I was a couple years ago when I brought it this year, especially because I feel like the self-love movement of just being, being okay with being overweight and unhealthy is 
really bright right now. Mm -hmm. And so extremely. Yeah. So I was worried about that. It's I think so. Let's see if I can retrace everything that just went through my mind. I think it's interesting because everything we've been talking about is kind of is kind of tying uh, together here with this whole self-love movement and health at any size. You were talking about how the lines get blurred and I feel like the lines get blurred because media, social media, whatever it is, usually tends to tell us that being healthy means looking a certain way. And so then we tend to say, okay, I am, I am not healthy if I am not bikini stage ready. I am mm-hmm. not healthy if I you know, don't have a six pack. And so then what happens is we have this drastic change to where, okay, if I'm not that and I'm not going to be healthy, it's just whatever. It's not going to be anything. You know there's a problem when people trying to get in shape do it first by doing a, a competition on stage. The right. most unhealthy way right. to get in shape. Hands down, no question about it, other than the biggest loser. But that's a different, <laughs> that's a different lifestyle change. Um, but this is like one thing that I talk about with my clients all the time is that you have to focus on your inputs and the outcomes will take care of themselves. If you spend your time focusing on the scale, you know, the scale said I was 200 pounds again or my, my body composition t- t- test said this. If you just focus on those outcomes all the time, you're going to get sucked in and you're not going to be able to get yourself out. But when you focus on the incomes or the, the inputs, uh, I, I'm going to get stronger this week. My, mm-hmm. I'm, my goal is to increase my squat by 50 pounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, my goal is to have one big salad every single day. When you focus on the inputs, the actions, 99.9% of the time, the outcomes take care of themselves. And it's, and it's tangible because you know what the incomes are. It's what the, the inputs are. It's like what we talked about with the fears. You write it all down and you write your outcomes down. You go, okay. What are my inputs that I'm, that is going to take care of this for me so I don't have to have the fear of getting on the scale again or the fear of getting on the body composition machine again and being told that I'm obese, you know, whatever it is. Um, but switch, switching over, I think that it also, like you said, there needs to be a, a line drawn because then we get to the point of, well, my doctor told me that I was, you know, obese and I need to lose weight. But, I, you know, there's health at any size. There is a point where if you're carrying so much body fat, you need you, your your quality of life and your longevity is in danger. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want to say you're healthy, you need to have the actions that follow up to that. That's the beautiful thing of America, though. Like Ron, like Ron Swanson in Parks and Rec says, if you want to eat four Big Macs a day and just eat yourself to death, you can. <laughs> That's the beauty of this place. You can do whatever the freaking heck you want. Yeah. But we can't say I am 40% body fat, 300 pounds total, you know, 100 pounds overweight, and I am healthy. Mm-hmm. you're not your doctor told you you might die in the next 10 years you know right. so the line has to be drawn yeah you know yeah anyway so um the sports spot challenge mm-hmm. so how, how what's how are people responding to that are mm-hmm. are women having a hard time with this is it i'm sure you know you're not gonna say well it's not helping them at all you know are they having a hard time you know d- making this leap are they all in where are they at with this stuff and and how is it affecting the community around you well they're a huge response huge so I actually, I actually even cried about it because I was like, whoa, I was so taken back of how many people grabbed a hold of it and people that I didn't know if they would. I didn't know if they were in that place to be able to step in front of a camera and take a picture of being in their sports bra. If these people are scared to get on the scale, how you're thinking, how in the world are they going to do that and right. then post it to the world? Right, right. And to, to see them showing up in that way and doing it over and over and over again. And then, okay, so there was this moment where a bunch of girls I was working out with, they took off, they, they were working out in their sports bras. Uh-huh. And they were like, see, Rach, sports bra challenge. And then there was a whole bunch of people that we were working out with that weren't in the, you know, didn't take their shirt off. And then at the end, I said, all right, you guys, let's go ahead and let, can we get a picture for the sports bra challenge? And they're like, yeah, awesome. So all the people who were a sports bra got together. And then everybody around was like, well, what is that? And I explained it. And a couple of the other people were like, well, I want to get in there. And I was like, awesome. So they took off their shirts, got in. Like, take your shirt off, Karen. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, yeah, exactly that. Because I was like, sure to say, do not feel pressured to do this. Because, you know, I just, I I could see like different people standing around being like, oh my God. Yeah, you can always read body language. Is she going to like do this and I was like no let's if you want to you can right 
And before I knew it, like as we're getting the picture all set up, more people keep coming in and more people keep coming in and and people that I've been working with for the past year, because typically my coaching program is like a year long, that that's been a huge thing is working on confidence and, you know, just confidence in general. Yeah. And before I knew it, this, this went from seven people who had had their sports bras on to there had to be 30 people that ended up in that picture. One person did not do it that we got on the bus back to where we were going and, and we got on that bus and I said, Hey, how was it going? And she said, you know, I'm just, I'm feeling bummed. And I said, Oh, why? And she said, because I didn't do the sports bra. Right. And I was like, Oh man, well, you always have another opportunity. And I said, don't feel bad about it. Got off that bus. Everybody rallied again and did it with her in it. That is awesome. Yeah. That's the type of stuff that gives you like goosebumps. That yeah. is sweet. So awesome. That yeah, is cool. it, it made me cry because I just was like, I just seeing everybody show up for themselves in that way. And show up for other people. And show up for other people. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. In the health and fitness, in, in regards to health and fitness. Yes. Helping them better yeah. themselves. That's super powerful. Yeah. So um, transitioning from the sports broad challenge, weight stuff, coaching, I want to talk more about you. What do you – Health and fitness wise, workout wise, what are you focusing on right now? Mm-hmm. Um, and and where what do you, you know what are you trying to adjust? What are you trying to grow in? Where are you at with your health and fitness? And what your what are your focuses? Mm-hmm. Well, just recently it had shifted, so I am I am going to be doing a twenty week training for the Chicago Marathon. Oh, awesome! Yeah, so I I got in for the lotto for that. Okay. I'll be running that October seventeenth, but I'm only doing a only well i'm doing a 20-week training program which is pretty you know that's pretty across the board sure um so i'll be doing that but right now i typically wait or i do strength training four times a week and then i do some kind of cardio workout uh at least four times a week yeah yeah okay so it's just kind of you know like next week i'm going to go to a pure bar class and i'm gonna the last week i went and did yoga and yeah, then you're moving yeah, I'm just moving. Yeah. I don't really have a specific goal right now. Right. Before this, I was training for the Titan Games because okay. I applied to be on the Titan Games and I was very, very close to getting on. Oh. <laughs> and I hey, I've never told anybody that. It had it's pretty super secret when you go and do something like that because yeah, I'm sure. uh, you know, they don't tell anybody who's gonna be on or how it really works. Well, I had uh, made it really far in the process, and so that's what I was really training for. Okay. And then I didn't end up making that final cut, uh-huh. which I'll be back next year. Let's go. But Let's go. this uh, this year I didn't. So I was like, okay, after that kind of happened, because that, that was very – what I was doing for that, not something that I want to do all the time. It was pretty extreme, like all the, all the lifting I was doing, how hard I was working. And I'm more of – I'm more of, you know – like I'm sure you are. <laughs> it's, you know, what can you do on it? You're not, what What are you going to do that you can keep up with? Right. And that you enjoy. Right. People yeah. say all the time, how do you, how do you stay motivated? Like, what are your goals and plans? I'm like, I don't freaking know. Like, I just go to move. Yeah. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You don't have to be chasing a six pack. You don't right. have to be chasing a squat PR. You can just go to exercise. And people are like, well, what, like, what if you do if you don't have a plan? I'm like, I don't know. I just walk in and I feel like doing one exercise and I'll do that. And I'll wait till I'm done with that one and then feel like, feel, I'll do what I feel like I'm doing next. Yeah. You just bounce from one to the next. There's, there never needs to be a structure. You just move. Right. You know, and as your goals get more specific, then you can, you know, make your, your plan more specific. Uh, outside of fitness, how, how are you growing? What are the books you're reading? What are you focusing on, you know, self growth wise? Mm-hmm. Let's see. I am going to a conference next month that is all about, I, it's a business growth conference that's out of Florida. Okay. So I'm doing that. I am, man, I'm, I just started listening to this one book that a friend sent me. I'll have to look up what it is. I, it's something about circles. So, but I'm always doing some kind of growth, something. A lot of my growth right now is in this transition that I'm making. 
So that's really where I'm putting a lot of, you know, my growth and, and that's business. Yeah. So have you seen yourself? I mean, it's going to be hard now that you're doing the Chicago marathon, but have you seen yourself have to let go more of the health and fitness as you focus more on the business or do you do pretty well with keeping that up? That is something that I don't, I, I just had a friend, she, I'm holding her accountable for something. Okay. So she said, Hey Rach, what can I hold you accountable for? And what I actually ended up having her hold me accountable for was the time with I spend undistracted with my kids every day. So she's, she's, you know, holding me accountable for that. I'm holding her accountable for health and fitness. I didn't ask her to hold me accountable for anything health and fitness because that is just not something that I, I feel like that is so ingrained in me at this point. It's such a habit. It's right. just what I do. Right. And I if I and also my attachment to how working out makes me feel. It's, it's like non-negotiable for me. Right. And, and that I mean, that just yeah, it goes back to what I was touching on earlier is it's it's so natural and it doesn't have to be forced. It doesn't have to be regimented. You just go and you do. And that's like for me when I tend to, I mean, I don't know, for the last year I would say I've been pouring way more into uh, work and business stuff and coaching than I ever have. But yet I'm still in the gym. And before that, when it was like I got these goals, I'm dialed, blah, 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 you know, and they're five, six days a week. And then as it's been dialed back, I'm in there, you know, four days a week. And as I've transitioned into that, it's like, I like this a lot more. I like it more. Like I enjoy the gym, but I don't want to freaking live in it. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to get my stuff done and get out and then enjoy the rest of my life because of the benefits that fitness brings me outside, you know? So you, you, you tend to just kind of realize like the health and fitness thing is important and it's going to aid you in the other things that you're trying to grow in, but it doesn't have to be like we talked about, you know, your main thing that you're pouring every single ounce of energy into. Right. So, yeah. um, well, Rachel, thank you for being here. Yeah. I appreciate it. We're not um, going to talk about the biggest loser. We can. I mean, I, I, I am curious to know because you, you said that, you know, if you, if you took a range, you said 30 pounds to a hundred pounds, you know, is where people are trying to, uh, you know, lose their, um, their weight from that range and the biggest loser were at hundreds of pounds. Um, how do you feel about the way that they handle that process? Uh, I mean, I just kind of want your thoughts overall on mm-hmm. the biggest loser. Yeah. Well, I have I have a little bit different of a uh, insight into it because I work with Chris and Heidi Powell who had extreme weight loss edition on ABC, and I right okay and I uh, have talk to them about that process. And then also Bruce Pitcher, who's one of my best friends, went through that process. Perfect. I couldn't have asked a better person this question then. And he also is in the process of being one of the coaches on The Biggest Loser. So. All right. All right. Hope he's not listening. Let's hear it. Okay. So, I mean, let's, what, I mean, what are, I want to hear what your thoughts are. Maybe how your, your mind has changed. Yeah. What do the people have to say? Tell me all about it. Yeah. So, the process that they put people through to go through that, I will tell you, most of the people end up gaining the weight back. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I think actually the the statistic is 90, 95% of the people end up gaining the, the weight back. Whoa. Yeah. Because the what they put people through in that time is so extreme. And it's under circumstances that are not regular life. And so when you put people in that situation and they are in high pressure to lose weight, they've signed contracts. The producers on those shows will make sure they're, they're on you all the time. You sign a contract, you have to do this. You know, it's no joke. Right. You think they're just there, la-di-da, this is fun. No, they are under extreme pressure. They're not there to lose weight. They're there to entertain. Yes, exactly. It's entertainment. Mm-hmm. So you put people in that situation, they, you know, when you have a gun to your head, if we were to all walk around with a gun to our head 24 seven for us to do a certain thing, we would do it. Right. <laughs> we do it. Cause you know, you're, it's, it's, that's it. Yeah. And that is, that's how they walk around. So put them in that situation then. And, and Bruce always talks about this when the show ended, and he had to go, and when any of them are in this situation, they have to leave that situation. They are instantly scared to death because they're like, 
I don't know how to do this out there. Right. You know, they're put back in their situation, their normal life situations with no knowledge of how to change habits. And yep. I don't have someone screaming at me at home. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So then they go back into all the old habits, all the old ways they gain the weight back. And what you saw was great entertainment. Yeah. But it's not real life. Right. Interesting. So what would what would Chris and Heidi have to say about it? Same thing? They would literally tell you that same thing. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So everybody in the space understands they are making entertainment. They're not there to really help people keep the weight off forever. Yeah. I mean, Chris and Heidi, they, you know, Chris in his story, he's always, he's been, you know, the first thing he's ever done is be a personal trainer, worked in that space. He really wanted to make that huge change. And I think initially going into the show, he was thinking that's what it was. He, I, I know for a fact, he never went into having that show being like, all right, let's destroy as many people as possible and like bring him into this space. No, right. they got into trainers with integrity hearts. wouldn't get. Yeah. Yeah. They, they went in with the, the right hearts, but that's just not what TV is. Right. That's, that's not how they create those shows. Right. And it's unfortunate because people are watching, you know, mm-hmm. and they don't know better as far as how to lose weight, how to keep it off. What has, what is happening? Like you said, behind the scenes, yep. what is happening after the show? So they think, okay, I got, I got 200 pounds to lose too. Let's do this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, uh, it's meant to be entertainment, but we don't, uh, some of us don't consume it as entertainment. Some of us consume it as information and learning whatever knowledge, uh, but it's not whatsoever. Right. Uh, right. And that's what I think is super unfortunate about it. And, you know, I haven't watched any of the episodes this year, but another thing that bums me out too is that with the trainers, but I mean, I guess there was no way they would get good trainers in there mm-hmm. because really good trainers would have a hard time being like, I can't do this to that person. And they go, well, next one, you know, so they get people that are fitness influencers on Instagram right. Right. who are very attractive, but have zero experience training other people. Yeah. No, they none. They have experience getting themselves a six pack, signing deals with muscle and fitness, whatever, men's health, women's health, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But as far as training your average, regular, everyday person, most likely very minimal experience, especially in that setting, because no trainer with any sort of integrity would ever do that to a human being in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Or they just don't even know what they're going in for. I don't know. Right. They're, I don't they're know. blindsided. Sure. Yeah. They're blindsided. Because otherwise they I, wouldn't go in there. Yeah. To know that that's going to be the situation. Right. I, that was exactly what happened. Jillian Michaels, uh, when she left the show, that was a lot of what she said. She said, because there was a lot of controversy, like they had people taking diet pills last time it was on, all these oh, crazy sure. things yeah. that were going on that came out. And she was like, you know, we at a lot of points had no control over what the producers were doing. You know, we had all side contracts, things like that, right? Uh you know, I don't know what responsibility you take in that, but right. but that's a lot of what was being said. Now, I will say that if there's anything positive to be said, I will say this, is that if you're watching that and it is getting you lit up on fire, motivated to get your ass moving. Oops, can I say that? I've probably get, said it five times already. You're fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> get, like, get it. Yeah. Seriously, use that. Right. If that's what lights you up, use that. Because I, I could see people watching that. I know I, I not even see. I know people watch that and they're like, wow, if they can do that, like I go to a freaking movie that has martial arts and I'm like, I walk out and I'm like, <laughs> I want to learn jujitsu now so I can kick someone's ass for no reason. It happens it happens all the time. Of course they're doing that. The key yeah. is like, all right, take that fire. And go get someone who knows something. Yes. And have them teach you. Yes. And then that's oh, there's so many roadblocks. I don't I can't pay for training. Go once a month. Yeah. Go for one hour. Once yeah. a month. You know, six what is that? Sixty to hundred bucks based on where you live a month. And plus I call BS on that. Did you get a Starbucks yesterday? <laughs> right. Yeah. Seriously. T- like you said, figure out what you need to make it work. Go yeah. through your budget. Yeah. And then you'll be like, okay. Okay. I can do it. Yeah. And if you're listening and you have that uh, feeling of you're offended, it's probably because it's real. Yes. Full circle. Yes, seriously. Circle. Well, again, thank you for being here, Rachel. I appreciate it. It's always a joy having you on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. All right.
Oh my goodness, I cannot believe it is over already. Hey, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. Hey, listen in. If you have a health and fitness goal that you are trying to reach, I don't know what else to say other than to say it must be a match made in heaven. If you didn't know already, Pullman Fitness exists to transform the body, mind, and spirit through personal coaching and sustainable fitness plans for any stage of life. So if you want to reach your goals, build sustainability, and enjoy life all at the same time, you guys got to check out Premier Coaching at Pullman Fitness. From custom-tailored programming to 24-7 access to your personal coach, you'll have everything that you need to succeed. You guys can find out a lot more about Premier Coaching as well as our membership program at PullmanFitness.com. Hey, if you enjoyed the show, share the love by leaving a five-star review and introducing the podcast to your friends and family. As always, thank you so much for listening, and until next time, this is The podcast.